We have the hard work and dedication of agriculturalists to thank for just about everything around us, from the food we eat, to the clothes we wear, to the cars we drive. However, it's hard for most of us to know exactly what's happening on these farms and ranches. The reality is, the best way to learn about where your food comes from is by getting to know the people growing it. And I mean really getting to know them. On Feed and Dreams, we dig up what has planted the passion for agriculture in the hearts and minds of the men and women feeding the world. We'll hear some of their very best stories and learn how their involvement in the agriculture industry has cultivated them into the individuals they are today. Most importantly, we'll talk about how exactly consuming agricultural products like wearing cotton, drinking milk, or eating beef is feeding the dreams of American agriculturalists. Meet Reese Chambers. He's a U.S. Navy veteran, great-grandfather, and American cattle rancher. On this episode, you'll learn all about his early life and the challenges he faced to acquire his dream cattle ranch. Reese Chambers did not become a cattle rancher overnight. In fact, the journey to his passion began six years before he was even born. Ken, Reese's son, said that it all began when Andrew Chambers decided to leave Utah and head to Wyoming. And homesteaded on Mormon Road in Jackson Hole, Wyoming in 1916. Andrew Chambers wasn't the only one with this idea, though. This was the era of the Homestead Act. Many families were headed west to claim their plot of land and start farming or ranching. Initially, they had the Homestead Act, which allowed you at homestead 160 acres. Then you had to go in there and improve the ground. Right away, Andy began to pour everything he had into his newly acquired land that sat right at the base of the beautiful Grand Teton mountain range. When you drop into the valley that we live in, Teton Valley, or you go to Jackson, Wyoming, and, uh, and look up there at those three Tetons, it's, you know, if you've never seen them, it's breathtaking. It wasn't too long after settling down on the homestead that Andy met the love of his life, Ida Needy. Ida wasn't 21 when the two were ready to get married and her father wouldn't give consent. So they went over to Idaho to elope. Andrew Reese Chambers, or Reese, was born the second of Andy and Ida's seven children. From a very young age, Reese started working hard on the homestead. In fact, Reese worked so hard, this was his response when someone would ask him what it was like growing up at the base of the Grand Tetons. And he said, we had to work so hard in Jackson, Wyoming. He said, I was 19 years old before I even noticed him. <laughs> when Reese wasn't hard at work on the homestead, he was at school. Growed up, went to elementary school and wasn't really even considered a town. Kelly, Wyoming, and that it was about a five mile horseback ride down the road. Growing up, Reese and his family worked hard, but they also seemed to have everything they needed. Time everybody on Mormon Row milk milk cows and starved to death. And dad, he lived, him and mother, he drank quite a lot of booze and lived high on the hog and drove pretty nice vehicles. 
and they never could figure out, without having to work milking cows and that stuff, how he done as well as he did. Well, he done a lot of things to make money. Before we continue, I think it's important to note that that was Reese, the cattle rancher this episode is all about. After talking to Reese's family, I was wishing so badly I could talk to Reese himself. Unfortunately, he had passed away nearly a decade ago. However, Reese's niece, Judy Crandall, had interviewed him back in 2009. I was able to get a hold of the interviews. It was so special because some of Reese's family, including his son, Ken, hadn't heard Reese's voice since he passed away. I am so glad Reese gets to tell us some of his story. So here's what he had to say about his parents making money on Mormon Row. Bought a few pigs as, as little ones and grow them up. Well, Buy some milk cows and keep them a week and sell them. And, and then when they built the dam up at Moran, he furnished all the uh, grain for the horses. But those weren't Andy and Ida's only side hustles. And then to generate a little bit of revenue in that, they put together a little store. A little good store, you know, a little hardware good store, which, uh, and they lived in the store on Mormon Road, and later that store burned down. You heard right. Since the Chambers family lived in the store, when the store burnt down, their home burnt down. Somebody with a match or a candle had ignited some clothes in a closet because by the time we got to town the word was already there that our house had burnt down so before we left someone ignited that house luckily andy and ida had another strategy to make some money he trapped beaver and mother was the postmaster so they could take these beavers see and roll them up maybe five or six beaver in a wrap and, uh, and then put them inside a cloth and this and that and the other thing and ship it back to chicago as rugs they'd uh, take his beavers send him a check and a elgin watch but andy and ida were cattle ranchers at heart no matter the creative strategies they were using to make a few extra bucks, it was all for the greater good of their homestead. But they would uh, ship first to the East Coast, and they would trade them for gold watches and fur coat. And then that would give them the goods to go into Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and buy in on a poker game there, or trade cattle for gold watches or fur coats for cattle in exchange, you know. Having the Postal Service was helpful to the homestead in other ways, too. But Dad done something with the mail route, like maybe delivering uh, groceries to the Elk Ranch or something. And anyway, for near nothing, he never paid no money. Anyway, we got about uh, 320 more acres, and he had that for 25 years that he run never paid nothing for. So we had a hell of a big ranch that we ran for a lot of years. Reese stayed on that ranch and helped his family run it until it was time for him to head to college. During his time at the University of Wyoming, Reese earned his pilot's license. Uh, my friend Walt Spicer, he wanted, he went flying, and that's who I went down to the University of Wyoming with was Walt Spicer. Reese did not get to stay at the University of Wyoming as long as he would have liked, though. 
After my father graduated from high school, he was attending University of Wyoming in Laramie for two years, and then World War II broke out, and my father enlisted into the Navy. After talking to Reese's family, it didn't take me long to realize that education was something he valued above most other things. So I asked Ken why, because he was never drafted, did Reese voluntarily leave the University of Wyoming to enlist in the Navy? It wasn't about it getting drafted. It was your country needed you. You know, World War II was a brutal time. You know, whatever you were doing, wherever you were doing it, you just dropped what you were doing to go serve your country. So Reese left Laramie, Wyoming and headed to Denver, Colorado to join the military. Uh, while we was in Denver, you took your physical and then your mental. Then the old boy that was taking you in there, and I mean, they was giving you like 30 seconds. And I went in and he never even looked up. I answered a few questions stuff. And he had a big old stamp there about an inch and a half uh, long. And it said army on it deep red paint and uh, he just stamped it and handed it to me and I handed it back to him and I says what in the hell do you mean putting me in the army he says well, can't you read I says yes but I'll tell you one thing I says I've never stepped foot on ground I've lived on water all my life I says why hell I'd be a duck out of water if uh, put me on the, on the army. I didn't come here to go in the army. I came here to go in the Navy. A uh, quick note of clarification for those of you that aren't great with geography. Reese was born, raised, and attended college in Wyoming. And Wyoming is landlocked by Montana, Idaho, Utah, Colorado, Nebraska, and South Dakota. So there's not an ocean in sight. This means that not only had Reese stepped foot on ground, but he'd actually lived the entirety of his life up to this point on ground. Anyway, back to the story. And he looked up and shook his head, and pretty soon he scratched out Army and stamped Big Navy on it. He says, I'll never know to this day or in God's earth how you ever talked me into putting you in the Navy. Reese's time in the Navy had a very, you could say, eventful beginning. We stayed in this big dorm place, and about six the next morning, a big old message came on the loudspeaker. Reese Chambers, report to the office. And anyway, I went to the office, and the guy handed me a stack of papers about six inches deep. And he says, you're on your way to San Diego, California. And he says, you're in charge. And he says, you got 165 guys leaving here with you. And he says, when you get in San Diego, I want to have 165 guys with you. Getting the guys to San Diego turned out to be the easy part. Getting Reese to San Diego? Well, that's another story. So I was... Uh, big shot and they give me some papers where you went in to eat at Albuquerque and different places you know and we got a little thirsty and I and another kid we got off and ran up to the liquor store and while we was up there the damn bus pulled out and so then we hitchhiked to ride to the next town our group they stopped there and fortunately we got back on our deal and I took those little boys right into San Diego California 
Navy, Reese was able to put those entrepreneurial skills he had learned from Ida and Andy to the test. I got in a little deal in the service where when you got in the service, they give you a dog tag. Well, anyway, you had to take a, a shoelace, and it was white and braided, and see, so you'd put it through your uh, dog tag and tie it on your neck. Well, that looked like hell. So Reese had an idea. Uh, see these dog chains? They were gold, beautiful chains with a snap on them. Probably I had three or four dollars. And they cost 25 cents a piece, so I just bought 10 or 12, you know, of them, and took them back to my dorm and uh, sold them for a buck a piece. And you just sell them like, like flies. Everyone, a buck a piece. Boy, oh boy. Then Reese's dog tag business took off. And then every day or every other day, there's a new 160 company come in, see? Oh, yeah. And God, I got up to where I could buy a hundred of those suckers at a time. <laughs> and boy, I'd go back and this new company come in, all these kids and those dirty old strings around their neck. Well, hell, I'd sell them dog tags, bing, bing, bing. And I just got filthy rich selling those suckers. <laughs> Later, we'll find out why Reese's first money-making venture was so pivotal in allowing him to follow his dream. After his time serving in the Navy, Reese had planned to return to the University of Wyoming to finish his degree. However, a turn of events seemed to take his life in a different direction. Spent two years in San Diego in the Navy, and in that two years, his father had a heart attack and died. I felt an obligation in that not to return back to college, but to run the ranch on Mormon Row and raise his younger brothers and sisters. Reese returned to Mormon Row to help his mom run the homestead and raise his siblings. While home, Reese decided to start chasing his own dream. I'd saved up $3,500 when I was in the service. Reese used that $3,500 to buy some ground of his own. 160 acres in Jacksonville, Wyoming. Joel Pfeiffer place. After Reese's younger siblings had grown up and were more able to help his mom on the homestead, he decided it was time to go out on his own. My father realizing that the expansion of the Grand Teton National Park, ranching in Jacksonville, Wyoming, was going to go by the wayside. So he didn't know anything about it, but there was an opportunity to come up in Driggs, Idaho, on the other side of the Grand Tetons, and, that, and it was called Teton Hardware and Implement. And so my father went over, purchased Teton Hardware and Implement. Had to borrow, mother had to sign a note with me for $35,000 with the bank to get here. Unfortunately, the transition to Idaho was not as smooth as it could have been. This is how Reese describes what it was like buying the John Deere business. Jesus, there's no way in the world that a dumbass farmer guy kid could have made a living over here in the implement business. I mean, he didn't know no more about it than a snowball in hell. Don't worry. Things look up for Reese in no time. Next episode, we will talk about how he overcame continued hardships, acquired his dream cattle ranch, and impacted his family in countless ways. And you'll learn exactly how 
By eating beef, you are feeding the dreams of Reese Chambers and many generations following him.